This is the Team Clear Coat Podcast. We're two friends finally doing something about our obsession with cars. We're probably not doing it well, but it should be fun, and we might actually learn something along the way. I'm Dave. And I'm Ian. And this is our show. Ian. Hello, Dave. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm even better this time. So we just got done talking to Alanis King, staff writer for Jalopnik. Jalopnik, Alanis uh, King. Yes. Um, and we had a great discussion yes. talking about cats, hell, and otherwise. Yep. Um, BMW and their Apple CarPlay nonsense that, that, that they're doing. We learned a new word to describe a Fiat 500L. Yes. Besides disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> And also, we talked about uh, car culture, women in car culture, yeah, and uh, had a really great discussion around all that stuff. So, um, before you listen to the rest of this, go follow Alanis on Twitter. She is Alanis uh, N King on Twitter, and read all of her stuff on um, on Jalopnik. She has a great voice, and she's uh, one of the best uh, kind of newer automotive journalists out there. Fantastic. Yeah. Yep. All right. Enjoy the show. Ian. Hello, Dave. We have a guest on our show today, Ian. We do. Somebody uh, foolishly agreed to come on. Uh, Alanis King from from Jalopnik. How are you? I am good. How are y'all? Excellent. Oh, that is fantastic to hear. So so welcome to our blanket fort in my basement. Um, well, thank yeah. you. So uh, before we started recording, you mentioned you were tooling around in a Hellcat hauling firewood. Tell us about that. It's actually not firewood. So my husband got the wild idea to build a TV stand. And so we brought some wood out to my parents-in-law's house so that he could cut it because he does not have a table saw to cut it with. So we're just out here and he's cutting wood to make a TV stand. And hopefully that works out well because right now it's just a bunch of pieces of wood in my entryway at my house. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah. Right now it's litter. And then yeah. eventually it'll be a TV stand. Hopefully it will be a TV stand. We are hoping to get to that point. Okay. Um, I have full faith in him. Nice. Totally. Nice. Funny enough, we we both actually also have half finished house improvement projects going yeah. on at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a oh, fun, it's fun. It's always a great state when it's like half finished and you're like, this is going to get done at some point, right? <laughs> like, right? Well the, maybe? well, the thing is our entire house is like spotless, right? And he leads that charge and I'm a little bit behind him. I'm like, okay, well, I didn't really want to do my dishes tonight, but I'll do it because our house is spotless. And now we just have a bunch of wood in the entryway. So it's really fun. We have people come over. I had... Um, some friends come over and see the Hellcat today. And I was like, oh, excuse all of the lumber in the entryway um, <laughs> with my workout weights on it because we're trying to bend the lumber in a different direction. Mm. So we just have like my pink dumbbells on the wood in the entryway and it's just great. It's a nice contraption we've got going. Nice. Nice. So tell us what you think of the Hellcat. It is, it's fun. Um, it's enjoyable to drive. It's, it makes you feel like if you get too arrogant behind the wheel, it is going to bite you and slam into something because you deserved it because you got too arrogant. It's not, it's not like a super comfortable performance sedan, something like that. It doesn't have that type of feel where you're like, I'm in control and I can drive this really well. It's like it's in control and you are at its mercy. So you better behave. Right. Yeah. It's like a hang on 
hang on uh, sort of car rather than like a it you sink into it sort of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's kind of the vibe I've gotten from it. I've had it for seven days now and it's fun. But if you gas it too hard, whoo, it will sure make you feel like you're going to launch into something. Yeah. It, yeah. We drove uh, a wide body uh, mm-hmm. at, at an event in the mountains here, like uh, in the, in the fall. Um, and it, it's one of those, it was weird. Like it never shrinks around you. Like it's, no. oh, it's always like, it's big, no. it's big, it's big, it's big. Yeah. It is, it is cartoonish how big it is. It's like, I feel like I am, I have the wide body too, but even just the hood on the Hellcat, yeah. it feels like you're, you're on some kind of online racing game or a simulator where the yeah. hood has to be exaggerated so that you can see that there's a car in front of you, you know? And it that's kind of what the view is like. It's like, oh my goodness, I can I can see the hood. And I only ever felt like that, I think, on the DB11 because mm. the hood is so gigantic. But it's like, it's cartoonish. Like You can see it and it's there in full view. And the wide body is interesting. The first day I had the wide body, um, I was leaving a Walgreens parking lot and it has like entrance and exit ramps, really tiny ones to go into the Walgreens parking lot. And I like skirted it through this little exit pathway and I was in the merging lane to get onto the road. And I just, I had no idea how large the car around me was. It was really disorienting. Mm -hmm, And so I just sat there kind of waiting for everybody to pass because I didn't want to make the wrong move and like slam the splitter into something. So I'm sure I looked really, I'm sure I looked very dumb in this very visible vehicle just sitting just sitting in the merging lane, kind of waiting for everybody to go past so that it was safe so I wouldn't smack the splitter. And yeah, it was it was kind of embarrassing, but that's okay. I got used to it. It's a little bit different uh, making an automotive move like that in public versus like when you do it in like a rental Hyundai accent. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Because right? I've got this Hellcat and the people who drive by who know what a Hellcat right. is, they are just like... Hey, that's a Hellcat, and here I am just sitting here like, I don't know how big this car is. I'm going to wait and be safe. Right, right. <laughs> it's just embarrassing. It's yeah. okay. I, I think we need to bring back curb feelers for hell, Hellcats, yeah. yeah. You know, it would, uh, it would be fantastic because I sure, I sure needed a sense of what was around me, and I did not have it. And, you know, the little dips in the road do not fare well with that splitter, and I did not want to oh, scratch it. So Yeah, yeah. You uh, actually, you needed to borrow some technology from uh, the passenger that you had in the Hellcat um, on your Twitter feed, your cat. Oh, yes. She she has some whiskers, so she knows when she can get behind things and when she can't, when she can fit. And she has some long whiskers because she's overweight. (laughs) Um, That's okay, though. That's okay, though. She's she's cute. She's She's adorable. my mom calls her Fatit because she's she's very small. She was the runt in the litter, so she's very small. But she's also overweight, so <laughs> Fatit is fat and petite at the same time. That's and fantastic. so my mom calls her Fatit. And I'm like, hey, Grandma, like you need to be nice to your grandchild. Okay. That's your grandchild you're talking to. And so, yeah. That, that, <laughs> that makes me think of like a Fiat 500L. That's a petite car. Petite. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, now, this is, is the this thing. just like a very useful word? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for giving that to us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think she did. One, I don't think yeah, we could just steal We, we that. just took it, Ian. Ian. We just took it. it. it 
it took us about four minutes to get on the topic of my cat, and now I'm taking him running with it. I'm sorry. No. Yes, I did have her in the car. She was very freaked out, but I got permission from FCA to let her in the car because I was like, hey, she has claws, and okay. if she freaks out, she has claws, and FCA was like, whatever. Okay. Yeah. She's going to need the claws because it's fast. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're like pretty new to the automotive journalist community, but I'm <laughs> – fairly certain that that's like the least weird request they've gotten like this week <laughs> right yeah right yeah. exactly no so she was cool with it she was like yeah totally just put a towel down so when she sinks her claws into the when she sinks her claws into what she's sitting on she'll have something to grip because the hellcat's fast and i said okay cool <laughs> i'll put her in there <laughs> they're gonna start including like a seat cover for cats in the press kit. right yeah yeah right uh-huh. well the good thing is it wasn't leather so she was she was fine and she actually did not poke one of her claws into anything i was so impressed i gave her treats which is why she's overweight because i was really i was really impressed with how she handled it because she was freaked out when i put the harness on her to get her in the car but she was so good she just did her little sniffing and we took some pictures of her and she was very well behaved i think if every i I think if every time i didn't destroy the interior of a car someone gave me a treat i would also be (laughs) fatigued right exactly so like she's she just, my bar is very low. I'm like, wow, you're so cute. You want a treat? <laughs> wow, you're still really cute. Like, you haven't gotten ugly. Yeah. So, you want another treat? Yeah. And so, my bar is very low, but that's okay. And she also eats every time I eat. So, like, breakfast, uh, lunch, and dinner, she gets treats and I throw them. And so, it's a routine. And so, she just gets a lot of treats. And it's okay, though. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's a happy cat. It's fine. Yeah. I, I used to have basset hounds, and like the way that they look at you with their sad eyes, it, it, it takes every ounce of self-control not to just give them all of the dog jerky, you know, Okay, in exactly. The world. And yeah. she, her eyes are like permanently glued wide open, it, and so she just runs around the house meowing at you, and she has these giant eyes, and it's like, well, I guess if I give you a bunch of treats, you're going to be a wide body, and the Hellcat's <laughs> a wide body, so it's like, you match, so I it's like fine. That. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we, we're showing your Twitter feed picture on the on the, on the video, <laughs> and the one where the cat's like looking up with the widest eyes in the world is is one of the best things I've ever seen. Okay, that's yeah. not that's not a widened state of eyes. That is how she is. That is how she is all the time. Yeah, that's just like, standard. She's like yeah. that all the time. Just full, <laughs> and it's full moon. Very disturbing. Yeah, I like that. So does she like wake you up like on your face in the morning, like with just completely wide open eyes, like? Surprisingly not. So she's very much in a routine. So she knows that I wake up for work before my husband does because I work on East Coast time and he works on Central time. And so she knows that I get up before him and she just lays under my left arm all all night. And when I wake up, she gets up because she's like, oh, face washing time. I get to drink out of the sink. And so she takes off and gets up on the sink. But on the weekends, my husband gets up before me. And she doesn't like that because that's out out of her routine. So she gets on the dresser and she stares at me and she (laughs) meows until I wake up. And I wake up and it's just like two giant green eyes staring at me from on top of the dresser. And then she keeps staring until I get up. Like if I check my phone or something, she just sits there and stares. She's like, Mom, we have not had breakfast yet. Mom, you need to get up because I need my treats for breakfast. I I, I like that. Has has your cat been in any other cars, any other press cars? 
Or so, is this just cat no, and hellcat? Because, okay. No, because when I had the S4, it was a leather interior. Um, the she's And she's also, she's the Miata was also a leather interior. She's very nervous, and she doesn't like going outside because she came from outside. Uh-huh, and she's like, okay. oh, uh-uh, no, Not no, this no, no, again. no. Yeah. So this was just a very special circumstance. And when I take her outside, she puts her face in my armpit because she gets scared. And so it's really cute, but I feel bad for her. And so I just take her out. I take her outside when it's absolutely necessary. And it was because I have a Hellcat. But (laughs) other cars, I don't want to get in trouble. So I'm just like, okay, (laughs) I'll leave her inside. And she's nervous anyway. So field trips aren't the best idea with her. Gotcha, gotcha. I feel like I have two cats, and they do not care for the car at all. They hate it. No. Mm -mm. And we couldn't start it, and my driveway is at a very, very steep incline. And so we were like, we can't take pictures of her on an incline. That would look weird. So we had to put the car on the street and bring her out to it because we couldn't have put her in there and then started it because she would have freaked. That Hellcat (laughs) is so loud when it starts up. She would have been like, ah, (laughs) I don't like this. And then we would have seen some claws in the seats. Yeah. So and possibly the ceiling, (laughs) which would have been perfect because it, it, uh, it would also be fitting because like you said, everything about that car is cartoonish. So like her doing the Wile E. Coyote, like running up in the air without her, Uh without going anywhere would be really fitting for that car. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, it's, everything's exaggerated. And it's cartoonish, and you're like, wow, okay, well, this would be fitting, but no, I'm not going to freak her out, because she's freaked (laughs) out enough. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Nice. We took our photo ops, and my husband took a lot better pictures than I did, because he used his fancy camera, and I just used my iPhone, which only works about half the time. (laughs) But hey, we shoot with what we have, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's why I'm using his phone to talk to you, because my iPhone only works like half the time. So I'm on his phone. Speaking of, man. speaking of iPhones, uh, it, we'd love to talk to you about an article that you wrote for Jalopnik uh, okay. about the Apple CarPlay BMW subscription model. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. go for it. So, so yeah, so we're both IT guys um, mm-hmm. and the, the car uh, podcast thing is a very much um, unpaid hobby of ours. Um, mm-hmm. So we like to talk about um, technology and cars and that and that sort of thing. And especially we like to highlight, um, uh, you know, uh, blatant fucking nonsense, like right. <laughs> charging for Apple CarPlay. Um, it's why it's do you actually, think, no, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, why do you think legacy car makers have been kind of so slow, some of them to adopt this model of like the projecting of the phone uh, onto the, the infotainment system? Because they you know, all kind of suck at it. Yeah, I don't know. It's... Maybe maybe they want to be different and set themselves apart from the other cars because you don't want to get into a luxury car and have the same infotainment system as some teenager's $16,000 starter car. I don't really know, and I also don't really understand the subscription-based side of it because it's like, why, why would you ask owners to pay for this? I 
get the reasoning behind it. Like, oh, if you're going to lease the car, it would be less over a four-year lease to pay a subscription every year. But it's like, okay, BMW, but you also keep getting subscription fees for the rest of the life of that car if people want to use Apple CarPlay in it. So you don't really have the best interests of everybody in mind. You have your best interests in mind because you make a lot of money. Mm. Um, and it's just it's also just weird to police having a subscription to me for something that's free or not free but included in the price of the car because nothing's free right um something that is offered on other cars at a non-subscription price it's just it's very odd to me but i did not hear back from bmw when i asked them about it and i didn't hear back from apple when i asked them about it because does apple get a cut of the profits you know is this going to be something that slowly starts becoming a charged service because you've gotten used to it and you like it that's what i've always thought about my discover fico credit score i'm like okay when's discover going to start charging for this because now i i'm used to it and i like it and i want to keep it and so i don't it just has a weird vibe to me but i didn't hear back from either of them so i didn't get much more context on it other than bmw is going to charge you Right. Well, and that's the weird thing is that like, it's not their technology. Yes, that's yeah. what I thought was so weird. But Apple didn't respond to me, so it sounds just like when I have a problem with my iPhone, Apple doesn't respond. Right. Yeah. It's it fine. Seems, it seems like <laughs> it's a step beyond like them charging. Like back in the day when you had to, it was like a couple hundred dollars to get the DVD, the newest DVD loaded for mm-hmm. your Mac right. or whatever. Yeah. But because yeah. at least they owned that. You know, yeah. it was their intellectual property or whatever, but this is someone else's technology that they're licensing right. as a third party. It seems yeah. strange to gouge people on that. But And that's and that's why that's why I had those questions and that's why I called Apple and BMW. I was like, Okay, does Apple get part of the cut? Is is Apple okay with this? Is this okay with your contract? Like what's right. the deal? I didn't hear back from either of them, so I guess we'll never know. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the the third party aspect of software and cars because you know from a support model, like who do you call when it breaks, and then right. and then also these licensing schemes are kind of strange. Totally, and I think you know even with luxury cars nowadays, I'm never going to get, I'm never going to buy a car that has a million little features that you're never going to use because how soon are my seat massagers going to break? How soon is this going to stop working? How soon is this tiny little feature going to stop working? And I'm just not into that because when you have a million little features that people don't always use anyway, that's a lot of maintenance. And I'm just not big on that. Like seat massagers are cool and all, and all those little features are super cool. But I mean, how how often does that break? And then, do these car companies do they um, do they get other people to come repair this? Do they repair it? Like, what's the deal? Mm-hmm. And so it's just it's a lot of complication to me. Even my mom, she's looking at a new Indy Miata, and I was like, you know, mom, the the RF is really cool, but that's a lot of little parts that could break. And you would probably be better off getting a cloth top because she she's going to have a convertible no matter what. And I was like, it's just I know it's not as cool, but I would get a cloth top because that's a lot of little motors that could break at any point. And if you're out of warranty, you're going to be mad. And so for me, it's like the simpler, the better. 
as far as technology goes and as far as like the actual physical components of the cars go, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think we're both, you know, uh, more into analog cars, although you've kind of same. Yeah, Dave's Dave's kind of gone to the dark side with the luxury car lately. I I, I well, it, it's a luxury car from 2006, so I have a 2006 Infiniti M45. So mm-hmm. it's at an odd era of you know like yeah. the nav is completely outdated. But I just turn my phone <laughs> sideways and put it up in the cubby, and that's yeah. like that's my nav. You know, yeah, totally. And like when I, so when I turned 16, my mom, who has all the fun cars, right? She has her Miata. She has a Hyundai Genesis from before, um, before Hyundai became Genesis. You know, they were trying to clear out all the inventory from 2015 because the Genesis cars still had the Hyundai logo on them. Yeah. We watched you drag race that car with your mom. That was awesome. Yeah. 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 So that's her car has a big V8 and then she has an NC Miata and she wants an ND and she's trying to shoot. I want her Miata, but she won't sell it to me for the right price. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just you know, talking about that. And uh, she's always had the fun cars. And when I turned 16, it was like, okay, you get the family travel car. We're going to, we're going to get you something that gets 40 miles to the gallon on the highway so we can take it on trips. So I got an Elantra and my, I love my interior because it's all analog. And mm-hmm. when we were picking out yeah. the car, it was a $2,000 option to get a touch screen in the car. And I was like, this is too distracting. I can't. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it, mom. And you know, when you're 16 and your parents are offering to buy you a car, right. you're going to try to right. milk all of it, right? I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not that option. Not into that. Yeah. I want the analog car because I don't want to poke all the screens and stuff. It's just... I've gotten more used to it now that I drive cars for a living, but oh, at the time it was like, this is dangerous. I don't like this. So totally in favor of analog. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, so we, we definitely wanted to talk to you more about drag, drag racing with your mom. And, and (laughs) like you said, the, um, her getting to own the fun cars and passing down the family cars to you. But yeah, so, so walk us through the drag racing experience with your mom and, and and all of that and obviously your mom's a a fantastic car enthusiast like Mm -hmm. yeah give us some background on on uh uh enthusiasm within your family and also probably the rough thanksgiving conversation that you guys had because you couldn't land on a sale price for the miata (laughs) so yeah my mom has always been into cars her her father was really into cars he was a he did even some local racing and oh, she nice. had okay. some of his, yeah, she had a lot of his trophies in a, an older house that she had. And I think, I don't know the story exactly, but they were like renting it out to somebody or something. Somebody stole all the stuff from the attic. So she lost a ton of childhood stuff, including all of his local racing trophies. Oh, no. And so I never got to see them and it would have been so cool, but he was into cars she was into cars and she's she's always been more into cars on the surface. So she's like, I want a manual transmission. I want a really fast car. She's not into doing her own maintenance or anything like that. She's like, oh, forget that. Take that to the shop. Um, sure. Like her in Miata, it got it, be, it got to the point where there was too much maintenance on it. She didn't want to do that anymore. And so she traded it in and bought an NC and somebody ended up buying it, I think, to race it, the NA. But she loved it, and but she just couldn't keep paying for the maintenance and she wasn't going to do it herself because she's very much like, I love driving cars. 
all that other stuff. Forget that. I'll just pay somebody to do it. Yeah. Driving so, is better than fixing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's been her thing. And she's <laughs> always been into cars. But me, I was not really that into cars when I was younger. Um, it never, it didn't really cross my mind much. My mom wasn't super outspoken about her thing with cars because she always got a lot of flack for always buying new cars. And so it's not like she totally embraced it all the time, I think. And so I didn't get that total absorption into cars because my mom was like, oh, I'm going to buy a new car. I don't want to talk about it because then people are going to talk back and say bad things about me because I'm buying another car. And so I never really, when I was little, I didn't get that car experience from her. And it actually ended up, we went to a NASCAR race in 2009. We got some free tickets through her company and we went and I was like, this is the most incredible thing I have ever seen in my entire life. I don't know a thing about cars. I don't know. I, I, I have no idea what's going on, but these cars are loud and they smell like gas and tires and I'm into that. And that was the point at which I was like, I'm going to work with cars for the rest of my life. That's awesome. And I had no I had no idea what anything. I was like mom told me that NASCAR race cars were V8s and I said, "Oh, okay. So so is is this a V4?" And she was like, "No, that's not a V4. No, that's that's not really a thing, Alanis. And of course V4s are a thing. They're just very rare." Um, but I had no idea what was going on. You know, I had no I had no knowledge of cars. And it just became a very steep learning curve of I'm going to learn every single thing I can possibly learn because now that I've been exposed to this, this is what I like. And so I've always been, it's been a very steep learning curve. And sometimes you sometimes do feel behind because you're like, I haven't been into this since I was three years old, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's all a learning experience and I am obsessed with cars and I'm obsessed with racing and so is my mom. So it's really fun. We get to embrace that. And yeah, we did get to go drag racing. That was a blast. But I kind of had to like tell her a little white lie to get her out there. Um, <laughs> I, t- <laughs> I told her that people bring their people just bring their casual daily drivers to drag race them at Texas Motor Speedway on Friday nights. Uh-huh. I was like, don't worry. Don't worry. That's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be just like yours. There, there'll be sedans out there. It'll be fine. And we get there and it's like people are bringing their cars, their like LS swap cars in on trailers and stuff. And as soon as we pull in, she's like, oh, no, you lied to me. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, but we're already here and it's been a four hour drive. So it's okay. And she was like, this is not fair. We're going to lose so badly. It's going to be so embarrassing. I am so upset. You put me up to this and you didn't tell me the truth. So she just went around telling literally everybody there that I put her up to it okay. and that I didn't okay. tell her the truth. Nice. Nice. I, I, yeah. I, I like that she was focusing on the competitive aspect of it as, as well. Like that she was, con- yeah, that she was upset <laughs> with not not being able to be in a position to win some races. Yeah, she was mad, and we we thought we were going to do a little bit better than we did, and we didn't. Um, it was okay. <laughs> we're like, we'll be fine. It'll be okay. But no, we we lost a lot. 
But it's th- okay, though. given the fact that you were in a, a Hyundai Genesis, you were one of the few cars that drove there and also drove home without purging any oil or anything else from there. Hey, exactly. Yeah. We, I actually, when I raced it once, my mom was watching from pit road and I got up to the starting line and somebody was like, is that a Hyundai? <laughs> and my mom was like, oh, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> So I, I had, I had a similar experience a, a long time ago. I had a '91 Taurus SHO, and I took mm-hmm. a drag racing, and it was a shitbox because it was already, <laughs> so it was already really old at that point. Uh, mm-hmm. And I pulled up to the the gate, and they were like, "Okay, it's seven dollars to watch." And I was like, "No, I'm gonna race." They were, they were like, <laughs> "But no, it's seven dollars." <laughs> and and I had to have an argument with them that I was actually going to be running this car. And at one point, there was a wave. I could hear from the start line a wave of laughter from the, <laughs> from from the stands. It was that bad. Nice. And then I won that race. <laughs> it was there against my it was against my friend who was in a Civic, so it really wasn't that oh. great. But still. That's okay. No, we actually so we had the same experience when we pulled up all the people at the gate, like three different people were like, Are wait, are you racing? Are you racing? And my mom and of course my mom took that and like ran with it, right? She was like, Well, let me just tell you. <laughs> and I, oh, dang it. Nice. Dang it, stop asking if we're racing. Of course we're racing. Just write the number on the car and we're going to go, okay? And so, oh, she just took that and ran with it. And it was it was funny when we um, when I pulled up to race at one point, the guy doing the starting was like, you're not going to be able to time me. I'm going to get you all distracted, basically, so that you won't be able to time me and cheat this. And so when he went to drop his hands... Of course, I was like, ah, he's not going to get me. It'll be fine. And so he starts talking about uh, the female racer in lane one or whatever. And so I start listening and he got me. He got me because he (laughs) dropped his hands and I was still listening to him. And I was like, oh, you weren't that talking. And so I had to floor it and I lost that race because I got distracted because like, oh, shiny thing. And yeah, it was okay though. It was fine. I almost won it. And I got a really bad start but i almost won it nice nice no that that sounds like a fantastic day i mean uh exposing <laughs> exposing family dynamics to complete strangers at, yeah. at a racetrack yep. drag racing yeah i mean that's yeah what more could you ask for oh no my my mom and i we very much people think we're very entertaining together and like that's just how we act all the time and so we've had several different companies reach out to us like hey do you want to come do this so we're gonna try to set up a track day with lotus with my mom and i that's amazing it's gonna be a mess because it's gonna be my mom and i are you gonna film that for jalopnik (laughs) yeah yeah if we can get it worked out because we've been talking about it if we can get it worked out we're gonna do some video from that and hopefully we'll be able to do that and everybody can just laugh at my mom and i because we're a mess. Uh, did you did you intend that you and your mother would be an automotive journalist team? No, 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 no. But she's really into it, right? She's like, yeah. you have my job. Oh, the only problem is I'm not very good at writing, and I broke my thumb when I was in the seventh grade, so I never learned how to type. So I can't really do what you do. But I want your job. So <laughs> okay. I'm like, well, okay, mom, you got a lot of strikes against you there. <laughs> well, you guys should come to Denver and do ice racing. Yes, that'd be a. I'm- 
That'd be everything. I'm actually one. doing ice driving next month. Not with her, but I'm doing ice driving in Wisconsin. Oh, oh nice. There you go. Yeah. I, I've yeah. heard they have ice there. Yeah. yeah uh, you know what? I mean, I've heard it's kind of cold sometimes, like ice, occasionally. Ice and cheese, I think, yeah. is right. Yep. Right. And all the sausages. Cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah, I wish I could bring her. That would be hilarious. She would freak out. We went to rally school together and she had a blast. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was fun. She she had a, like the best day ever. It was like a little kid. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're it, rallying. This is so fun. So, so so how much of these experiences, like how much does it add? Because you can see it through your mother's eyes right there. Oh, I I love it because she gets so excited, right? Yeah, She's right? just it's, like, oh, this is so cool. I love cars. I love cars. Did you know I love cars? Oh, my goodness. Look at this car. <laughs> and so it's it's fun. That's infectious. Yeah, Did that's, you Have you taken her out in the Hellcat? I have. And she was like, oh, this reminds me of my Mustang when I was in high school because <laughs> she, she had a Mustang when she was in high school. It was her first car. Um, her parents were really wealthy actually her dad had died before she got her first car and so i never got to meet her dad who was um really into racing and cars and everything like that he died when she was 13 and so she it was after he died when she got her first car which was a mustang and her dad wasn't alive and her mom was like you're not gonna get a manual transmission and so she was like you are gonna get an automatic and my mom's like Dude, I've been, like, driving my boyfriend's car since I was, like, 13, and they all got sticks. It's fine. And her mom was like, no, that's not safe. And so she got an automatic Mustang, and she hated that it was an automatic. And her sister got a Mustang, too, but her sister got a V6. And so my mom always makes fun of her sister because she got a V6. <laughs> and so, but, yeah, that's that's really her only regret is that her first Mustang was an automatic. But my Hellcat's an automatic, too. I was really surprised when they drove it up. I was like, what? Right. And so she had a blast. She, she likes it, and she had a lot of fun. She was like, oh. Oh, this this reminds me of when I was in high school. It's so powerful. So that was <laughs> yeah. cool. Nice, nice. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> I think we're gonna so we're gonna uh, do a jarring transition to uh, we're gonna play a, a quick round of FMK cars. Yeah. Um, All right. Okay. So this is uh, a game that we play on the show. Uh, it's based on the classic game of Fuck Mary Kill, except we play it with cars instead of people mm-hmm. because we're nice. Uh, so the way it's going to work is we're going to uh, give you three cars and you'll have to assign F, which is you drive it, you drive it for a day. Uh, M is your, it's your new daily driver mm-hmm. and K is it goes to the crusher immediately. Yep. Okay. Okay. So good. So I can use the letters, right? Cause yep. I am at my in-laws house. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. We were kind of thinking that. Yep. yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I was trying to I was trying to do some uh some like speakerphone math there for a second to figure out how <laughs> how safe we oh. were, but I think we're good. I think we got we're away good. with it. Okay. All right, I'm ready. Okay. Uh Dave, do you want to go first? Do you want to do yeah, the uh, sure. your straight up one? Yeah, yeah. So um let's see here. So in this one, uh I'm the first car is an uh is a rally car. It's the Audi Quattro Group B rally car. Okay. Uh, um, and second car, it, these are all just straight up. Sometimes we throw catches on these, uh, but this is just you're picking from the cars. Uh, okay. sec- second car is a Renault F1 car. 
Okay. And, and third is the Porsche GT3 cup car. <sighs> okay. Um, wow, that makes it hard. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Let's go with F, the F1 car. Okay. Okay. You could do it for a day. Uh, GT3 is the M. Okay. All that'd right. That'd be really fun. And let's go with, sadly, yeah. K, the Audi. Yeah. Yeah. I think you may have made the right choice as far as longevity for your life. <laughs> yeah. Longevity for my life. That was, that was the goal. I'm trying to be very practical here. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm trying to be incredibly practical with my choices because it's not fun to live in a fantasy land. Right. 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 Although, although I will say you did crush the only car with more than one seat. <laughs> yeah, so practicality may not be completely part of the picture. <laughs> okay. But you know, I, I'm very much, I work from home. I'm a loner. I have, I have a cat. Right. Because I was from home. So it's very much like I'm by myself all the time. Right. So right. it's okay. It's fine. It works. Well, in a race car with the Porsche, you can just totally bolt a cat carrier right to the floor in the passenger seat. Right. Exactly. Area. Yeah, exactly. And I'm thinking like, all right, what's going to be the most normal to drive around right. in? <laughs> Probably the Porsche. Let's go with the Porsche. And, and the, the headlights of the Porsche are just wide-eyed like your cat's eyes. So that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, like that's why her name is Portia, right? Oh, like nice. I didn't know that. There Portia, you go. Portia. Yeah, her name is Portia. My cat's name is Portia, but Fantastic. it's spelled P-O-R-T-I-A, like Brutus and Portia from Julius Caesar, because my other cat's name is Brutus. Nice. Is she rear engine? Is she rear engine? Does she carry her weight and like right back her rear her rear uh, legs? <laughs> She carries her weight kind of everywhere. Uh, <laughs> Fatite, Ian. Yeah. Fatite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's it's kind of funny because she's really like her back kind of sinks down because I mean she was the run, so she's she's just kind of silly. So her butt is higher than her back, and so she doesn't look much like a Porsche except for the eyes. Okay. Gotcha. Nice. Nice. Yeah, no. I think the eyes are, that's close enough. Yeah. That's close yeah. enough. I think, well, I think it shows well. I, given, like, so uh, if you'd F the F1 car for a day, like, given other racing disciplines like NASCAR, F1, rally, mm -hmm. like, if you had to just kind of pick between, you know, the, the popular racing, you know, types, what, if you had a shot to drive one of those cars for a day, what do you think it would be? Like, Le Mans? F1 mm. rally. Okay, drive for a day. Like, are we doing a track day? Am I driving it to the whatever, grocery store, or am I going to be like a racer in this series? Anything you want. You could have. You could have it at a completely empty track. You know, you could. What? Anything. Anything. Mm. Driving into your high school uh. reunion. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I have. I have so many different reasons for doing different things with these vehicles. So. I have, I'm a big NASCAR fan at heart, right? Like NASCAR is my number one motorsport at heart because okay. it was what got me into cars. Sure. But me myself, I'm not big into making circles, you know, like I have an iRacing simulator and I would much rather run a road course mm -hmm. on there than run a circle track. I mean, okay. I love short tracks and stuff like that, but I prefer a road course. Um, so, Ooh, that's hard for like a track day. I would probably want to do an open wheel car at a road course because i tell you what racing those stock cars on that simulator is not easy <laughs> um they're very hard to race on road courses of course because they're not very they're not really meant for road courses they go in circles right so if i were to do a track day i'd probably do an open wheel car on a road course um 
it could be i mean i would pick an f1 car most likely if i were going to pick an open wheel car um on a road course because i have other rally experiences and so it's like i'd want to pick something that's way out there yeah that you wouldn't really get to do so if i were to do a track day i would probably have an f1 car now if I'm, i were to be a star in a racing series for a day i would definitely pick nascar because it's just so like you don't have a lot of women or a lot of diversity at all in nascar and yeah. so i would just make a scene you know nice nice yeah, that's I, probably it, what I would do. It would probably be the f- <laughs> most the like most fun one to like make a stir in. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. To, like and upset so Richard Petty to be fun. Yeah, right. And I would be like, oh, let me just make a fuss about everything that's going on because I'm only going to be here for one day because that's my stipulation here. And so I would just, oh, right? I would. Yeah, and that'd yeah. be fun. And then at the end of the day, just drop the mic. Yeah. Yeah, Al- just Alanis drop the mic. out. I, I, would, I would run all over everything. Yeah, and then drop the mic, and then be like, "All right, sorry, like this was my deal. One day, bye." I, I, <laughs> I, I think you know. Yeah, definitely the NASCAR patriarchy needs that. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yes, I would just eat into that patriarchy real hard. <laughs> I mean, you only give me like one day, but I can do a lot in one day. I can make a lot of mess in one day. I, I, I wouldn't call it mess. I'd call it progress. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually do have a tank top that says destroy the patriarchy. So it'd be like, do my driver interview in this tank top. I, right. Right. Like, yeah. Here we go. Who and cares so what the sponsors think? Yeah. I'm I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because actually we wanted to uh we did want to talk about uh, another article that you wrote in Jalopnik um a little mm-hmm. bit ago in early December. I think it was right after this was published was when we contacted you because we were excited to mm-hmm. talk to you about it. Right. Um the uh it's called the it's entitled the comments on this video about a lack of car girls or why there's a lack of car girls. Mm-hmm. Um and and it, it, a couple of things that you mentioned uh, talking about your own history uh, really stuck out to me because it was the things that I was thinking about when I was reading your article. Um, mostly, you were talking about getting into cars kind of late and yeah. finding that intimidating. And I think that's intimidating for for anyone. Yeah. yeah. And then to also have that extra barrier of entry... Um, of, of misogyny of having to deal yeah. with idiots right um, yeah. you know makes that <laughs> even even worse so you know I don't want to give you just like a super open ended uh, question but um, you know what do you think if you had to give the state of the union for car culture <laughs> oh there you go yeah. and uh, and 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 misogyny what what would you say would you say that we're doing good, that it's in a better place because of the internet and and the proliferation of all these like little subcultures, or has it just made like the assholes like more emboldened to say dumb shit? Well, you know, it's it's really hard to say because you have a of course you have a spectrum. Like you have a spectrum with anything else. You have people who are great and wanting to listen to you and to understand and who can take that guilt of being like, okay, I'm a guy in the car industry and I've made these mistakes before and I need to recognize them in the future. And it's really hard to accept that, that guilt. Um, very hard to accept the guilt of having a privilege in whatever community you're in. And so you have a very wide spectrum. You have 
the people who understand and they want to get better. And then you have the people who are like, women need to stay home. (laughs) Don't let them near the cars. How, why would you let a woman touch your car? Women are meant to pose on cars and that's it. And so it's, I would say it's very, it's difficult to kind of give an overall, um, rating of how we're doing. I would say, yeah, I mean, it's gotten better, but there's still a lot of untouched mindsets in the car community, especially in motorsports, things like that. People just know that this is how things are and this is how they've been. So what's wrong with them? You know, like my daddy raced and his daddy raced and his daddy raced and what's wrong with all of us being guys. And so it's very, it's hard. And that's kind of why my goal with what I write is to introduce these topics in a very gentle way. Like, listen, this is what I deal with. This is what other people deal with. And look, I'm not even, I'm not even close to having to deal with some of the stuff other people have to deal with. You, The more minority factors you put in, the worse people get treated right just kind of in general and so i'm rather lucky that i am a white woman in the car industry you know at least that's a little bit more normal than being somebody else and so it's it's hard that's why i really try to introduce these topics very gently like look here's kind of what people do without realizing on a daily basis you might not have any idea that it's not really okay to email me and ask me to marry you out of nowhere. You know, that's kind of weird. It's not okay if you abuse my contact and try to hit on me. Uh, and it's not okay if you make assumptions about my knowledge and you don't want to read what I have to say because you think I'm lesser because I'm a woman. Um, it's Some of these actions that people find normal aren't okay. And so I really try to introduce that. Like, look, this makes people feel bad. And this makes your community not nearly as diverse as it could be. And you're missing a lot of viewpoints. And some of it's as harmless as writing he as a pronoun for something like for for just like a random pronoun that isn't referring to anybody like a driver and his seat. If I'm reading that. If I'm reading that and I'm a woman, I'm like, why am I left out? Right. Why can't they say there? Yeah. And it's something as harmless as that. And it also ranges to the people in the comment section who just berate you and berate kind of anybody and just objectify you and act horribly. And so it's like, it's always going to be there. Kind of that. I'm a woman. Yeah. And people have different actions that they don't even realize they're doing. And some of them do realize they're doing that's always going to be there. It's just a matter of everybody trying to make themselves better. And that's why I try not to be combative about being a woman in the car industry. I just try to go, Hey, look, this is, this is kind of what people do. And this is what I deal with. And so it's, it's hard to give a rating of like where we're at. Of course, it's better than it used to be. Like at least women can vote and stuff, you know, (laughs) um, but it's it's not nearly as good and open and just nice as it could be. Like it's it's yeah. difficult. I had to remove my phone number from my email signature the other day because people had abused it. That's and awesome. so I took my phone number out of my email signature yesterday or the day before. God, I, that's that's awful. That's awful. Yeah, and yeah. I, it, but I I will say that like I 
at least um, you know there are now some venues in car culture because I I grew up like devouring every car magazine I could get my hands on, and I never remember any of these sorts of examinations of car culture happening. Right, right. You know, like we talked a, yeah. a couple weeks ago on the show about what we've dubbed the Clarkson problem mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. these. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the, basically, the Clarkson problem, as we defined it, was that Jeremy Clarkson, in particular, and kind of a lot of influential auto journalists in general, are brought car culture to the larger culture and have introduced it mm-hmm. in a way that, like Roger Ebert, in- introduced movies to the larger culture. Yeah. Um, but right. at the same time, and there's a big but, like his speech and everything else is so, you know problematic to use right word, but like um at one point at what point is he inhibiting the growth of car culture more than he has is helping to grow it you know um yeah. i think we're almost i, at I that totally point. agree <laughs> yeah so i mean obviously we still have a a super long way to go and and i mm-hmm. i think that one of the things that you brought up is that there are there are people in car culture that are making these kinds of mistakes and not aware of it, not yes. not understanding that that that's something that bristles somebody. And just as part of our maturity, as our growing, at, you know, our exposure to other people, we learn, you know, just how we can be more sensitive and how we can do better when interacting and making ourselves more approachable to other people. And and that's that's great because allowing and and the approach that you're taking where it's it's non-combative it really has a mm-hmm. lot of traction with those kinds of individuals because it doesn't instantly put them on the defensive right yes right it's the defensive is what's hard because i mean yeah. i've yeah. been in that situation you know when i got into college and i took some sociology classes and they started introducing white privilege you get on the defensive really fast you know and so you have to be very careful with how you talk about people's privilege because people are like, Oh no, no, no. I was born this way. I was born this way. I didn't do anything wrong. Everything's fine. And you get defensive really quickly. And being on the other side of that, I've kind of learned how I could better have learned and gone more quickly learning about my own privilege. And the less combative it is, the easier it is for people to kind of understand yeah, I think the quality you're describing there is humility, which is not exactly mm-hmm. something overflowing from uh, car <laughs> car forums <laughs> on the internet, yeah, yeah. or it's, car culture in tough. general, really. Yeah, you know? and I and I yeah. and I have wrote, like I wrote notes of, after I wrote read your article, and the, the one the first note that I wrote it was that I, it feels like the because the thread that I noticed that I recognized in mm-hmm. the comments because I you know don't get people calling me to ask me out um (laughs) that's not something that i have to deal with but the thread that i recognized was like the well actually nonsense yes i get that all the time well actually right Right. and and i don't know why we have such a bad time communicating to each other in car culture that like you didn't fall out of the sky knowing bmw engine codes exactly yes exactly Mm, I totally agree. And I appreciate that. Yeah, I get well, actually, all the time, because it's like, oh, woman, let me tell her my knowledge, you know, and it's like, come on. And the thing is, 
when one of my male colleagues makes a, a mistake, you know, and they make a mistake in a blog and they correct it, it's like, okay, yeah, dude, no problem. You made a mistake. When I make a mistake, it's like, she didn't deserve to be here in the first place. Right. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Does she even know what a car is? Fire her. Like, get rid of her. She doesn't know what's going on. And it's like, okay, well, we're definitely held at the same standard, aren't we? <laughs> right. And, I, and I, I feel like a lot of the, like, combativeness that you even see on, like, car forums or in comment sections, even when it's not directed at, at, at a woman or, or anyone else, like, uh, it's... I think it's coming from the same place, but like some of that shorthand is just floating out there. And it's just the, the, like the most impactful thing that they can say to say, Oh, you're a woman. You don't know what you're talking about or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, making a car donk ruins it or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, those like casually racist things that, that are floating out there in car culture. Exactly. Exactly. And we're, we're working on a story right now about, um, a donk contest and we're like, we need to, me, I'm the one who's working on it. And I'm like, I need to be as sensitive and view this from as many angles as I can, because I don't want to make the mistake that a man might make when writing about women, you know, because here I am writing about a certain segment of car culture that I am not totally immersed into. And I don't want to make these same mistakes. And I don't want, because I mean, I I know what the comments are going to be like, you know, but I don't want to make a mistake that could have been prevented by passing it by other people, you know? And so I don't, I just, I think you have to be sensitive about that kind of stuff and you really do need to pass it through people who would recognize if you made a mistake. Like if a man were writing about women in cars, I would want him to pass it through somebody to make sure he didn't say something really ignorant Exactly. because then it just, it takes away from the whole thing. Exactly. And so you have to be, you have to be incredibly careful with what you do and it's a constant learning process. You constantly have to learn from the people whom you may affect with how you act. Like me, I, I'm not immune from making mistakes that could negatively impact people. Being a woman doesn't take that away from me. I mean, I have a lot of privilege myself that I may not recognize when I'm saying something. And so it's just a constant act of checking yourself, no matter who you are and no matter what really you're doing. You just have to check yourself and make sure you're not harming a certain segment of a population who may want to feel normal, basically. Yeah. Right. Well, right. and I, I think the one of the other frustrating things, you know, you're talking about going to, going to a donk show and, and writing about it, like we have, as car enthusiasts, we kind of have these muscles to approach and be tourists in other cultures yeah. uh, in like with humility and in like a, like, you know, taking someone at their word that, that the, the activity they're engaged in is, is fun and mm-hmm. and I feel like with donks and lowriders, for whatever reason, sports car guys can't go into those subcultures, can't be tourists there in the same way that they can if they have a friend who's an off-roader, you know? Right. And yeah, and it's like you don't wanna make you don't wanna make this differentiation between people because we're all into the same thing. We like this stuff. Why not just embrace it? And if it's not your thing, like that's fine. It's not your thing. But don't 
don't make generalizations about certain types of people, certain segments of car culture, just all that. You don't want to make these generalizations because then that just like that, that hurts that person, you know, and you don't want to do that. Everybody wants to feel like they belong basically. Right. Right. Car being part of car culture can be a really rewarding and and awesome experience. And, Mm -hmm. and when, especially like, when you're when you're seeing things like through your mother's eyes at the track mm-hmm. or when you know Ian you have a three and a half year old mm-hmm. when you see like cars at cars and coffee through Nico's eyes right right mm-hmm. and like and having this empathetic enjoyment right for like just because something might not be your thing like understanding that like yes that that is this person is is in love with it and that is awesome and and that shared passion for cars is is a thing that lifts all of car culture. Right. And the thing is, a person doesn't have to know every single exactly. thing about what's going on to like it. You're exactly it's right. So, it's so, it makes you feel like such an outcast when you may have like a question about something and people are like, how do you not know that? Right. Wow, do you know anything? And it's like, come on now. We can't, we cannot be super intelligent about every little aspect of every little thing. Like my, my focus is in racing. And so sometimes I have questions about more obscure parts of car culture because I haven't totally been exposed to that. And it's like, you don't want to be judged for having those questions. You don't want to have people be like, Oh, well you don't know anything. No, it's just that you can't know every single thing about every little aspect of everything. Nobody's perfect. Right, right. And and the the important thing that people need to understand is that there's somebody in front of them that is asking a question, that is showing an interest and in wanting to learn more, right? Like you mm-hmm. you said, you know, nobody's dropped out of the sky knowing BMW engine codes. Everybody either had mm-hmm. to look it up or hear it from somebody and and yeah. Right? And 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 on top of that like auto enthusiast being a car enthusiast does not it, let me let me back that up. Possession of knowledge does not equal being a car enthusiast. Right. Yes. Right. Being a car enthusiast looks like a million different things. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that my girlfriend is a car enthusiast, but her daily driver is a Lexus RX 450H. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But she she frequently calls back in her mind when she when she was younger and when her parents had two Volkswagen bugs and how she yeah. would just fly through the streets of Denver in these VW bugs. Like you can't tell me that that's not car enthusiasm. Well, and it's, right? exactly. it's there in the name. It's enthusiasm. It's right. not encyclopedia. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And and like you like you said about your mother, she she buys cars. She doesn't repair cars. She has mechanics do that. And and yeah. and segmenting off a somebody that doesn't perform their own repairs or something like that as not being a car enthusiast enthusiast is super harmful to the community as a whole. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of people don't see any wrong with it because it's hard, it's hard to see wrong when you're not the person who's being wronged. You know, when you're the person who, you know, every single BMW engine code ever and you just you don't see wrong when you're affecting you're harmfully affecting someone who doesn't have that same knowledge as you because you're never going to be subjected to that right right so it's yeah. it's hard it's hard but i absolutely love what i do and i'm always trying to get better at it and i'm always trying to have the same respect for 
other communities in the car in car culture and just in general that I would want men to have for me. And so even it's even been as small as if I'm going to say a pronoun grammatically, if you're going to say a pronoun that isn't referring to a specific person, you're supposed to say he or she, him or her, his or hers. And I've, I've thrown that grammatic, the, that grammatical rule completely out. And I always use they and their, because it's not, it's not fair to people who have, had questions about their gender or who have changed their gender or who may not completely identify with one or the other, it's just as unfair to them as a man riding a driver in his seat. It's right. just as unfair to them for me to go his or hers, him or her. Right. It's it's just as unfair to that segment of, of the population as it is to me. I've just never had to experience that. And so I've actually changed I changed that a couple of years ago in the way that I write because I don't want to leave anybody out. No, yeah. We try to I try to do that and I I'll say I, I definitely fall down on that just from being old and force of habit. But mm-hmm. um but yeah, and, and that brings up, you know, kind of what we were talking about before about uh the Clarkson problem and like needing to exp- <laughs> we're at a point in car culture and in car history right now where we're kind of at risk of losing the hobby, right? Like uh, with yeah. technology advancements and people just becoming less interested in cars. Right. And the we culture need, be- being more unapproachable because of the megaphones everybody gets on the internet. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. we need, you know, uh, you know, your writing on Jalopnik yeah. and, and some others that are actually doing this introspection and to figure out how to grow the hobby instead of, you know, shutting people out or, deciding who's uh, who's allowed and who's not yeah well thank you because it's sometimes you're like sometimes you have something that you're really fired up about and you're like i've already written about i've already written on this topic this week how sick are people going to get of me like how how much should i space it out because i don't want people to get super sick of me but at the same time here it is something else has happened that has been so absurd right you know it's just another absurd thing that happened and it's like i want to write about this but i also don't want to chase people off from reading my stuff and so you have this internal battle with yourself that you shouldn't be having <laughs> no you, you're exactly right you're exactly right uh i mean yeah it, the, and the fact that you have to be worried about saturating people with news that you feel compelled to share because it's for the betterment of the car of car culture and culture as a whole versus you know, potentially alienating, I'm just going to say it, asshole readers, you know, mm-hmm. th- that may not be receptive to that kind of information speaks to speaks to the problem as a whole. You know, I like at 2.30 this morning, I read your um, I had a bout of insomnia for a little bit and read your <laughs> article. Um, all of the all of the BS that women in car culture had to put up with in 2017. Yeah. And I, I I can't thank you enough for writing stuff like that. That's, <laughs> that, that's, that's fantastic because it, exposure is the first part of, of, of finding out. Uh, exposure is the first part of getting the information into people's hands that are going to be more receptive and uh, like the, the people that are introspective and empathetic and willing to change that kind of stuff or recognize stuff in their own voice and their friends' voices and, and foster that culture from the inside. And so, so that kind of writing is super important and, and we can't thank you enough for doing it. I, I appreciate it a lot because, you know, I, I need to, 
I need to tip the hat to people who are so willing to absorb that and willing to take that guilt upon themselves. Like, oh my goodness, I, I've probably made a woman feel this way before. You know, I mean, I, I have that guilt about stuff I've done and I'm like, oh, I need to not act like that again because that's not right, even though I didn't even realize the harm of it. Right. And so I really appreciate when people are willing to read and listen, especially when something makes them feel like they might have done wrong in the past. And I I can't thank people enough who will call me up and be like, how can I be better? How can I be more open toward inviting women and inviting just other people into the car community? I mean, I've had people who own shops ask if they could just call me to bounce ideas around on how to get more women and more little girls to take interest in this stuff and how they can be better and how they can act better. And like, what are some of the things they can catch in how they act and in order to make things more friendly. And so it's been for all the people who have been really resistant and hateful and said, Oh, tons of things that I'm not going to say in front of my parents-in-law and called me tons of things. I'm not going to say in front of my parents and all in law there have been so many people who have been super receptive and how can I use my position to better this community and make it more diverse and just not so the exact same all around, you know? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, and I don't want to, I don't think we should make it sound like there's always been people uh, or like there's never been people in car culture that have been welcoming. Cause I think they're, there have been obviously because oh, there's, totally. there's exactly. been women in motorsports yeah. for years, but I think what what is new is that there are more people willing to like stand up for yeah. for people uh, yeah. who haven't been represented in motorsport or or in car culture to um, you know to call out uh, bad behavior. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's probably the the next big hurdle, right? To to encourage and it. Jalopnik giving people a platform to to uh, to write about these things is a big step. Is a big step. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I totally agree. We have four full time women on staff uh, at just Jalopnik, and it's amazing because we get to write things from our point of view. Even no matter what you get in response to it, like you'll have guys email you who are like, "I'm never going to listen to a woman's words about cars," and you're like, "Okay, whatever, cool." Um, but it's amazing to have a platform to be able to talk about this kind of stuff because if nobody's around to talk about it, I mean, there are times when I, as a woman, look back on things that have happened and have gone, I should have spoken up about this, but the way I was brought up and kind of just society around me told me to just let it go, you know? And so it's nice to be able it's nice to be able to recognize that you've done that and now go look at all the stuff that has happened to me and a lot of the stuff that I didn't even point out because it was just more polite to do it that way. I mean, I have, I've done interviews with professional race car drivers who have asked me if I knew what formula one is. Come on. And, and you're like, no, tell me. <laughs> right, right. Because they would clearly ask a man that if he if he was interviewing them. Yeah, and you're right? like, no, nah, tell me. Like, what is that? Uh, Never heard of it. Why would I, as a professional rider of cars, know what Formula One is? Wow. 
And so it's like, it's amazing. It's just little things like that. And people don't even realize that they're doing it. You know, they don't even realize that they're doing it. And it's, it's amazing. I, I did an interview at a short track one time and the driver, when I was talking to him, he goes, well, now how did a person like you get into cars? And you're like, what a woman, right? Is that what you mean to say? Like, it's not, it's not smooth. It's not like whatever you're saying is not is not cute or smooth. And I mean, I've had to drop stories completely because story subjects have hit on me. And you're like, I can't do this story if you're hitting on me. It's 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 not journalistic of me to do this story if you are using it as a way to hit on me because obviously your intentions in reaching out to me for this story were not purely journalistic and wanting to get this story out. And so I've had to drop stories before because subjects have started hitting on me. It, it's like, would that happen to a man? No. It, yeah. It, it, what, <laughs> one, one of those things that, like, about the internet, like, if you can imagine it, or like, it, or culture, like misogyny and culture, if you can imagine that it could happen, it, it has happened, it is happening, and we need to, well, goddamn. And, and honestly, it. that's, I'm like, kind of taking it back a little bit because it's, it's disappointing to hear because our, one of our pet theories that we've been kind of, working off of is that car culture online is pretty toxic and bad but like Mm -hmm. when you go places by and large people are much much better um but it's disappointing to hear that people are assholes in person too (laughs) the world is i mean it's hard yeah because uh in person a lot of people are really great but you still have people who question your knowledge like i was thinking about it earlier today i made some new friends where i live who are really into cars. One of the guys owns a shop. He's going to turbo his Miata most likely. And it's like, they treat me with so much respect and they treat me like I know things. And it's, it's so, it's so different to be treated with such respect and like not questioning whether you understand something or like anything like that it's like it's just so different than sometimes that would than what you get a lot of the times like there's no doubt that these people respect me and they respect my knowledge of cars and it's like i love that right it it makes me feel it makes me kind of not feel like a woman in the car community it makes me feel like just another person in the car community exactly exactly like moving from moving from like what like people would perceive as a tourist right in their mm-hmm. environment versus right. as a, a person that is just part of their environment right totally because, because your, your goal I was thinking about it yeah and it's so freeing but yeah. go on your your goal isn't to be some you know automotive encyclopedic god it's just no. it's just to be normal it's just to be a peer it's just to be a part of the culture right as, as yeah. is you know my goal as is ian's goal but but it seems like people that are threatened by threatened by somebody that they might typically view as lesser than them encroaching on that territory that they stand on that mm-hmm. that's when they get especially upset and and these horrible you know whips come out yeah 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 it's 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 it's, it's interesting <laughs> you're, you're, women in, women in car culture are not trying to take anything from anybody no right? we're <laughs> right? not that, here to take anything right? and, like and, and but it seems like a lot of people that react poorly to it are are under the misconception that they are or that or yeah they, that there's some kind of falsehood to it and and it's, it's well that, it's that, really upsetting. that culture is zero sum right, right. like 
that, that there's only so much car culture to go around. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have to hang on to what they have, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's like the person at work that would never like share like, oh, well, you know, how does this, you know, mailer get sent out? And like they would never tell anybody <laughs> because they're worried about somebody like because as soon as they tell somebody how it works, that's when their job could go away. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's I mean, even I remember one of those comments in that um, post I wrote about the YouTube comments. Somebody was like, this is our man space and we can't have any women ruining it. And it's like what is your man space? Like what? I'm sorry. What does that even mean? Right. It's your, your space to be a man. Like, are you not a man every other moment of your life? Is there like, what's going on here? Right. Right. If, <laughs> if this is how you're defining your own masculinity, then you have a bigger problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I was like, none of this even makes sense. I don't, Right. How do people write this stuff and under like and accept that this is how they feel? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, and 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 so this is what one of the goals of our show was was to c- try to like deconstruct this stew because there's yeah. like yeah. that comment that you just referred to. There's a lot going on yeah. in that comment to unpack. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And and I feel like you know we're at this moment now in car culture that people are finally starting to pick through the stew that we're all swimming in where there's like a little misogyny over there and there's a little racism over there and there's a little bit of, yeah. And we're saying, Hey, there it is. We need to, we need to work on that. Right. Right. There that is. We need to work on that. Right. So that's been one of our ongoing projects with this, with this, uh, with this show. So we try to like reach out to other people who are kind of doing similar things. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. It's I am so glad y'all asked me to come talk, and I'm glad that you haven't gotten sick of my feminist rants on the car <laughs> website yet. No, but because we we talk about women in automotive culture a, a fair amount, because you know we we want to we want to stand against misogyny. We want to stand against any element that makes something that we love, car enthusiasm, unapproachable to somebody else, right? But ultimately, yeah. at the end of the day, Ian and I are just two guys sitting in a blanket fort in my basement. And, and <laughs> you know, we, we really need other voices to, to come in and to, and to help us understand like what the what the language should be and, and all of this stuff. Well, and, and the idea that us two idiots are more deserving of a place in car culture than you or Steph or any any other female journalist is pretty uh, absurd because we have no idea insane. what we're talking about. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And it's it's really appreciated because a lot of the time it's just like you're walking in on this culture where a lot of people don't feel like you belong and it's like it's kind of it's just amazing what happens. I mean, I get confused for a driver's wife when i'm yeah. just trying to like be a journalist at the racetrack and it's like what would you make what would make you think that i'm married to a driver when i'm just here doing my job like do you go up to a man and go are you married to somebody no right, right. i'm just here right <laughs> you're doing my job and i mean it's it's amazing the kind of stuff that happens i've been doing media at events and you have men make comments about your appearance and things like that. And you're like, are you, are you serious? Can I not just do my job? Right. Right. We can't thank you enough for doing your job and, and for, for writing the things you write. It, yeah. we're, we're so thankful for it. No, I, I appreciate it. I'm glad I have not, 
annoyed you yet no, or are anything you, are you like that. Me? No, no. no. <laughs> Uh, but we hear Hellcat noises, so yeah, yeah. This seems yes, like a good I am actually leaving my parents-in-law's house right now because it is very dark, and I need to get home to my little Porsche because she is probably lonely because <laughs> I've been with the Hellcat all day. She needs and so her I'm treats. I'm now heading out and heading home. Yeah, yeah, she needs her treats. Yeah. She needs her treats. She only got half of her dinner because I gave her some of her dinner treats because she was so good with the Hellcat earlier. And so she needs the other half. And so, yeah, I just climbed in my Hellcat and now I'm driving off. I have a 30 minute drive home. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, uh, we will we will let you go then. Um, where can people find you on the Internet or other places? On the internet, if you need any more feminist rants, uh, in <laughs> addition to what you read on Jalopnik, my Twitter handle is Alanis, A-L-A-N-I-S, in King, so K-I-N-G, and then my middle initial is in for Nicole. And so that's me on Twitter, and then other than that, I'm on Instagram at the same handle, and you can always find me... At Jalopnik, writing a bunch of random stuff and driving cars. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you can hear my car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. That, that is the best way any of our guests have exited a show, Ian. That's fantastic. There we go. Yeah. You peel out of the show and you peel out in a car, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So we, we're going to let it go there. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, everyone, go follow Alanis on Twitter. Thank you. I hope I don't get too annoying. I post lots of pictures of my cat and lots of rants about cars. That's exactly what the world needs. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Talk well, you thank you all so much for letting me talk, and I really appreciate it. No problem. You Talk guys. to you later. See you. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>